present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You're welcome to join us this week in Bradford at the fine Alhambra Theatre. Bradford is not only a tiny picturesque village of mellowed bathstone cottages nestling along, <laughs> nestling along the banks of the River Avon. <laughs> but is also 150 miles away in Wiltshire. <laughs> As today, we're in the Yorkshire city of Bradford, which boasts a rich and varied history. The name of the town is derived from Broad Ford because of the river crossing here, which was wide and convenient for dumping stolen escorts. <laughs> Originally a small Saxon village, little of the original settlement survives apart from a fine 15th century cathedral which took 194 years to complete. A construction period of nearly two centuries may seem ridiculous to us, but, of course, builders were a lot quicker in those days. <laughs> the town's prosperity grew thanks to the wool trade, and during the royalist siege of the Civil War, balls of wool were even hung on the city walls to protect them from cannon fire. This proved largely ineffective, as the royalists held large numbers of playful kittens to bat them out <laughs> the wall. The productivity of the woolen mills was raised beyond measure in 1798 with the arrival of steam power. The engineer James Watt, who, having noticed how the steam from a boiling kettle forced its lid open, was inspired to build his labour-saving machine. With reciprocating three-foot piston cylinders, connected by a massive cast-iron cantilever beam, Watt had created the world's first seven-ton teasmaid. <laughs> Bradford was also known for the excellence of its Edwardian theatre, which pioneered pantomime, music hall and classical drama. It was here in 1905 that the great actor-manager Sir Henry Irving, then in the twilight of his life, made his last performance. Having given a hushed audience his bloody Thomas a Beckett murder scene, Irving sadly collapsed and died. It was most unfortunate as he was actually playing Widow Twanky at the time. <laughs> But there's more to Bradford today than just famous people dying on stage. <laughs> Let's meet the teams. They are on my left, Barry Crow and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Sandy Toxvig. And making herself comfortable as she settles down on my left hand, Please welcome our delightful scorer, the ever-lovely Samantha. Our first round is called Dumbing Up. Teams, I'd like you to suggest more sophisticated and upmarket versions of today's programmes that might halt the trend of dumbing down. Sandy. The Foresight Arga. Uh, Graham. 
Drop the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> Jim. A refined tea time rock show, the Earl Grey Whistle Test. <laughs> Later in the evening, never mind the peacocks. Last of the summer, Chateau Lafitte, 1959. <laughs> Who wants to be a Moliere? Bedeal and Skinner planned. <laughs> Can't cook, sack cook. <laughs> ER equals MC squared R. <laughs> the weakest link was Robert Robinson. Yeah, you are the weakest link, sir. Farewell. It's time for a musical round now with spell-check songs, where certain song lyrics have been specially corrected by that fine facility available to users of home computers. And what a labour-easing boon spell-check is. <laughs> by saving us the trouble of going through our texts manually and placing a wiggly green line under every seventh <laughs> word. <laughs> Whenever I type my own name, I'm safe in the knowledge I'm but a double mouse click away from becoming Hump Harry Little Tune. <laughs> So, teams, I've had some well-known songs put through the spell-check system, and I'd like to hear you sing the results. Piano accompaniment will be provided by Colin Sell, who, as far as we can make out, has never had to go through any kind of checks. <laughs> Actually, we were interested to hear that Colin was responsible for bringing the Beatles to Abbey Road. Camden Council have just sent in the pest controller's bill for <laughs> fumigating the entire block. We'll start with you, Barry and Graham. And the first song I've uh, run past my computer spell check is A, You're Adorable. <laughs> a, you're a dormobile. B, you're so bendable. C, you're a fruity call to arms. D, you're a starling. E, you're exiting. And F, you're a father in. Miami. G, you love Godalming. H, you sit heavily. I, you're one-eyed and oversized. J, we're like crack and pill. K, you're so killable. L, is your lovely thunder thigh. <laughs> M, N, O, P. We could go all the way. Q, R-S-T, alphabetically speaking, you're a star. You made my wife compete. V means you're very sweaty. W-X-Y, zoo. It's fun to wander through the alphabet with you. To tell you what you mean, to mow. And that's jizz. <laughs> Okay, your turn. Your turn, Tim and Sandy, and your spell checked song is Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. Off you. you say either. And I say Iga. You say neither. And I say Nightress. Neither. Iga. Neither. Nightress. 
Let's pull the whole thing off. You like potato. And I like potassium. You like tomato. And I like toe-sucking. Potato. Potassium. Tomato. Toe-sucking. Let's, Let's call the whole, whole thing bomb. You say laughter. And I say Luftwaffe. You say after. And I say orphan. Laughter. Luftwaffe. After. Orphan. Let's, Let's call, call the whole thing bomb. Let's move on to a round that's based upon those terrific magazine interviews detailing a typical day in the lives of celebrities. Thanks to these magazines, we've been able to read about how Jonathan Ross's mum got a part in EastEnders and how Jim Davidson's wife ended up in Casualty. <laughs> I, brought along, I brought along a selection of my favourite interviews to give the team some insight into what it must be like to be a celebrity. Unfortunately, certain words are missing from these articles, and I'd like the teams to suggest what the missing sections might contain. Right, we'll start with you, Barry and Graham, with an interview on a day in the life of Cliff Richard. Oh, good. Ah. On tour, I rarely go to bed before... The end of the show. <laughs> the show doesn't finish until... The fat lady falls asleep. <laughs> I never usually eat before the show because... At my age, wind can be a problem. <laughs> I'm supposed to read out the right answers to this, but they're so bloody boring... That <laughs> Most mornings I'll be up at about 11am and then try to get in some... Very tight trousers. <laughs> OK, most mornings I'll be... It's, I've just had an instruction today that uh, occasionally, if the real answer is funny, read it out. Which is exactly what I've been doing. <laughs> in the late afternoon, I'll spend at least half an hour in a hot... Gospel choir. <laughs> It's actually Bath. <laughs> a day off at home in Weybridge, Surrey, tends to be less... Well paid. <laughs> Structured is the word. I'm awake at eight, listen to the radio until nine, then take a selection of... My records down to the car boot sale. <laughs> Pills with my coffee is the real answer. I'm 61 now, and I've been known as the Peter Pan of pop for so long, I feel a great pressure to... <laughs> ..put on some green tights and fly out the window. It says here, look young and look good. Ah, I these share are my... rib ticklers, huh? <laughs> I share my house with my best friend, Bill Latham, who is also my... Tinkerbell. Hmm. 
The House has three. Uh, oh, the real answer is press relations officer. <laughs> I enjoy fame and fortune, but like sharing my fame. <laughs> Money with family and friends. Oh. I don't attend church very often, but I have a support group at a very vibrant and charismatic church nearby who've taken it upon themselves to... Vibrate and support. <laughs> the real answer is pray for me. In the evening, Bill's girlfriend, Jill, normally does the cooking. I usually end up... thinking, who's he kidding? <laughs> no, of course, it's peeling the potatoes. Ah. Then they tend to doze off between TV shows while I lie on the floor and... <clears throat> Look up their legs. Relax. What's the real one, huh? Relax. Ah. Right, your turn now, Tim and Sandy, and your interview comprises a day in the life of Anne Robinson. I'm very good in the early mornings, but no use to anyone after about... Five bottles of gin. <laughs> You've got a part of it right, 5 p.m. <laughs> Getting dressed at our home in Gloucestershire is wonderful. It's woolly stockings, shirts, and anything that will... Go over my head. <laughs> Real answer is stand up to the mud and cold. I've really taken to country life. I love animals, and if I could wave a magic wand... I'd get a cat and become a real witch. <laughs> <laughs> the, the answer is I would be surrounded by them every day. Ah. Oh. Sunday is the day when we love to see friends crammed around our... Bank statements. <laughs> the answer is kitchen table. Our friends usually start threatening to... Kill us. <laughs> go from about 4pm. On Sunday nights, it's back to my cottage in Kensington. People have called me lots of names, but they've never called me... Anything that wasn't true. <laughs> We went to the proms the other night, and to my horror, we were sharing a box with... A dead body. Well, the answer's the bottom, Liz. <laughs> I've said so many rude things about Virginia Bottomley, but to her credit, she... Had no idea who I was. <laughs> uh, it was very gracious. The weakest link is the anti-game show. It's so... Unremittingly awful. <laughs> the real word here is subversive. <laughs> I'm desperate for questions that give me an opportunity to show... What a poisonous twat I really am. <laughs> well, the, way she, the way she puts it is the contestants up. Oh, um, ah. close. Ah. Yeah. Well, that was jolly good. <laughs> you won that one, huh? There were some very funny real answers you gave us there. <laughs> I was slapping my thighs.
Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> and smacking my lips. <laughs> it's now time to say good morning, radio, with the team's wildest version of those morning television chat and lifestyle programmes. The undisputed king and queen of the genre were Richard and Judy, but their morning show was recently transferred to a Channel 4 afternoon slot where ratings have suffered. But to be fair, they're scheduled against the BBC test card. <laughs> and also these days, Richard seems to be partnered by Dougal in a dress. Well, never being ones for the obvious, Richard and Judy's true skill lies in their ability to interview guests who have fascinating stories to impart, but with the novel slant of preventing them from ever saying anything remotely interesting. I'd like you teams to emulate their style by interviewing certain world-famous celebrities, ensuring that nothing of the slightest interest value passes their lips. Okay, I'd like you to start us off as the interviewers, Tim and Sandy. Barry Ingram will be your guest, assuming the roles of Napoleon Bonaparte and the Duke of Wellington. Off you go, Tim and Sandy. Well, uh, delighted to have you here. Thank you so you much. Napoleon, what about that hat? Uh, it's a very nice hat. I wear it ever since Waterloo. Which, by the way, let me tell you about Waterloo. And Wellington, that's a lovely hat, too. Well, thank you so much. This is symbolic. Uh, of an attitude. It's a codified court. Well, I'm surprised, actually, that I'm surprised you were able to have an attitude in that shoe. I mean, the Wellington, difficult one to carry off. <laughs> Is that in the mud and blood of battle, these boots. Oh, don't talk to me about the mud and blood of battle. Oh. Blucher's cavalry on my right flank. Yes, well, I wanted what, to what? ask you about that, uh, the, the blood of the battle, because I expect there's nothing that you don't know about getting stains out of surge. <laughs> yeah. Serge was my trusted lieutenant. Ah. <laughs> it pained me. His bravery. You should have seen him galloping across the battlefield. Yeah, I'm sure. And, and do you, did you think at that moment, oh, God, if I'd had this field feng shui'd, how much better? <laughs> have you ever been to the W.H. Smith at Waterloo? It's, it's very good. <laughs> Later on, we're going to be making Beef Wellington. And I just want to ask you, finally, <laughs> for the two of you, what's next? Yes. <laughs> can you stay? Uh, yes, we can stay. We can stay the course in battle. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. Napoleon Wellington, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Okay, your turn to be the interviewers now, Barry and Graham. Tim and Sandy will be your guests, assuming the identities of Adolf Hitler and Eva Braun. <laughs> Good morning. Morning. Welcome. Well, Adolf, uh, on a personal note, uh, it's often been written about. Do you dye your moustache? Um, no, no, it's natural. <laughs> <laughs> It is totally natural. I've taken mine off with my new razor. It's a brawn. Mm. <laughs> Ava, you're related to Gordon, aren't you? Gordon <laughs> Braun? <laughs> I don't think so, no. However, Adolf was telling me... Oh, no, who am I? Yes, Adolf was telling me... <laughs> oh, well, I, 
I expect you want to know about our weird sex life together. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, <laughs> I just wondered if you'd noticed we had the sofa recovered. Yes, we've got a sofa very like that in our house in Argentina. Well, talking of Argentina, what do you think? Germany for the World Cup? <laughs> I, I, I think we should talk about Germany, and I think we should also talk about Swiss Nazi gold. Great local gold, gold is very in this season. It's really the colour, isn't it? Gold is the new silver. Yes. <laughs> could, you let you Adolf, could you let Adolf finish his Swiss Nazi gold lines? <laughs> Is it interesting? No. But it is a great little local radio station. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you going somewhere this summer? <laughs> we think you're going back to Poland, aren't we? We are. <laughs> what do you do on holiday? Do you just switch off and relax? No, we kill people. <laughs> and then we go and play golf. And then relax in the evening, probably, do you? <laughs> You were talking about golf, Adam. I was. Right. <laughs> were you leading round to a... I was, our time in a bunker, but I just think... <laughs> <laughs> the teams are now going to play the old favourite Cheddar Gorge. <laughs> this is just one of many games taking their names from famous landmarks. There's also Table Mountain, where the winner is the player who makes the highest pile of dining room furniture. <laughs> and then we have Hoover Dam a game that involves stubbing your toe on a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and, of course, there's that old party favourite called St Bernard Pass, where players sit in a circle and take turns to unwrap a large dog. <laughs> As is obvious in Cheddar Gorge, the panellists take it in turns to exchange a single word each at a time in order to make up a sentence, the object being not to complete the sentence. If you hear this, it means that either I've judged that a full stop has been reached or that one of the team has been hit by a vintage car. <laughs> Tim, I'd like you to start, please. This week's subject is my favourite recipe. Off you go. My favourite recipe is one of delicious and yet fragrant pies which I place in the oven at noon. But <laughs> I am sorry to say that I have often forgotten the ingredients for the pies which I place in the <laughs> oven when they are ready to be put in the warm yet strangely cold and also very increasingly and indubitably comma Although some of the finest pies which I knew once upon a time, colon, were the best of their kind in the entire and 
speaking of these pies, I was never, never, ever, ever. Well, almost. <laughs> never. Oh. Optimistic. That the end of my pies will be in sight. As <laughs> I am hoping that. <laughs> Well, it's very nearly time to end the show. There's just time to squeeze in the parliamentary ball. Samantha has to nip off now to meet her constituency chairman for a trip to the House. As she says, his member's going up for an all-night session. <laughs> so while she's away, I'd like the teams to announce the late arrivals at a society ball for MPs and other parliamentarians. Graham, will you start, please? Will you welcome, please, fresh from the party conference, Mr. and Mrs. Dingo Vation and their son, Stan Dingo Vation. Welcome. From Holland. Oh, yes. Mr. and Mrs. Ust Shut Up Momoldum and their son, Vim Ust Shut Up Momoldum. Will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Recultural Policy? <laughs> and my wayward daughter Agnes, that's the common Aggie recultural <laughs> And also, of course, Mr. and Mrs., you take this thousand quid and ask a question for me and their son Will. <laughs> Firstly, followed by Mr. and Mrs. Envelopes and their son Brian Envelopes. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Leskitz and their daughter Hope. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Ority and their enormous daughter, Massive Madge. <laughs> and welcome, please, representing the Lib Dems, Mr. and Mrs. Calder Pratt. <laughs> and their son, Barnaby Calder Pratt. And a very, very late arrival, Geoffrey Archer. <laughs> From your castle, oh, yeah. Mr. Nice. and Mrs. to the Euro, and a son, Noah, to the Euro. <laughs> a welcome for Mr. and Mrs. Bennett is Stephen Byers still there. <laughs> and their son, Gordon. <laughs> Eyes to the right, nose to the left. Oh, it's Robin Cook. <laughs> And so, ladies and gentlemen, as the Argentinian boot stud of time confronts the second metatarsal of eternity, <laughs> and the England squad of uncertainty goes out in the second round of inevitability. <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show, so from the team, Samantha, myself, and the good people of Bradford, it's goodbye. Graham Garden, Sandy Coxbeg and Tim Brooke Taylor were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sowell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson, and the producer was John Naismith. <laughs>